Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Startup Heroes, the show where we interview local Chattanooga entrepreneurs and learn their stories, their kryptonites, their superpowers, and what they're trying to do. My name is Christopher Wood. I'm Dylan Wizenat. I'm Nate Tucker. And I'm Michael Lardizabal. And today we have the amazing guests. I'm Jessica Cowan. And Jessica, give us a quick elevator pitch on who you are and what your business is. Ah, well, me personally, like I'm a memory maker, a fun facilitator, and overall a community builder. And so the way that I do that is through the Pottery Place, which is your local favorite paint-your-own-pottery studio. We're a walk-in business. We're open seven days a week. You can show up with your group, have a good time painting pottery, making some memories together. We glaze and fire it. It's ready for pickup in a week. Um, So that's just the down and dirty of it. But of course, it's so much more than that like one you're making functional products you can make things that you can eat or drink with you can make things for your pets you can make keepsakes with handprints footprints so um you know that'll dive me into a whole thing about how generational it is which we can get to in a little bit Um, but at the end of the day you come to have a good time to hang out together and to just connect with your community and disconnect from being online for just a little while if you can that's really cool. Um, why Why are you doing what you're wait, doing? Wait. And so before you jump in that uh, too much, I just wanted to say the beginning of your spiel was amazing. I felt like uh, like Muhammad Ali or like other fighters when they're like saying, <laughs> I'm the Sultan of Swing, the blood of the um, you, know. like, it, you It was on point. <laughs> thank you. Thank yeah, you. very nice. The, me- the memory maker was <laughs> my favorite. Uh, yeah, so what got you into the pottery place and what's your background? Okay, yeah, so that's actually a really fun and rather long story, but I'll do the quick version. So pottery was never my jam, really. I never did it growing up. Um, I didn't grow up in the world's most privileged family, so that wasn't really in our budget as an activity to do. It wasn't something that our high school offered, so it's just never a thing that crossed my path. Um, work experience-wise, basically, I started when I was young at Chick-fil-A, worked my way up through management. I worked at several different um, franchises, local chains, etc. And one day, I kind of run into a woman who owns franchises as well as small businesses. One of those small businesses was a pottery shop. And so while I was working within her franchises and getting things up and going and growing, um, I started working within the pottery shops as well. And I was like, man, this is super fun. And it's not just that the painting is fun. It really is approachable to everyone. And I'm seeing how excitable it makes people to learn something new, to do it yourself, and then to come back and see the magic that's happened with the firing process. So over time, I just really got into it. And I was like, man, this is something that I could see myself doing and facilitating long term because to me what a small business is is not only does it set like the culture for the area but it's got you've got to be a pillar of the community so you've got to be there for a reason and this is the perfect type of business that it's we're not just here to make money like we're here to make connections to get together um, and to do something awesome you know yeah that's amazing uh so i've definitely seen your emphasis on community and trying to work with people and kind of make stuff better so is there something that you can point to Uh, maybe in your past or a previous job that kind of made this community element important, or maybe it has to do with your why. Uh, Talk about that. Yeah, totally. You know, I get asked this a lot and maybe I should dive deeper for myself on answering this question. But when I was growing up, we moved around a ton and it wasn't just me and my parents, but sometimes living with grandparents, um, occasionally a family friend, that sort of thing. So I found myself a little bit lost just in general, going to different schools and settling myself in and just the bouncing back and forth. So when we did finally settle when I was a little bit older, um, I just had a hard time kind of fitting in everywhere and never saw myself having the same community that the other people in these small towns had because they grew up there with all the people in the small town, you know? Um, So when I started working, even though maybe this isn't the best thing, like I really finally got that. I was like, wow, these are people who were all working together towards a common goal. Chick-fil-A specifically is a very service-oriented place. And so that just fills my heart. Um, You can be serviceable and hospitable. And so just being there, starting to learn about how business works, running, managing people, leading people, all of that stuff really started to just like do it for me, you know? And I was like, this is what I want to do in the long term is help lead, grow and, you know, people and particularly these small businesses and work it all together. And leadership at the time was not the cool thing that it is today. Like you, you couldn't just be a leader. That wasn't a career path. Um, And I will say one day, so the summer before I entered high school, my dad throws this book on my bed and it's the seven habits of highly effective teenagers. (laughs) Right. And he's going to read the seven habits of highly effective people at the same time. And I'm just like so mad about it because this is not 
not on my summer reading list. I'm trying to read Harry Potter. Thank you very much. So I read the book. I'm gruntled about it. Whatever. I, I get through it. I think that's the end. Well, my, my freshman year of high school, the class that we all were suddenly had to take was called leadership and the whole course was around this book so then i had to read the book again for the next semester of the year uh, and it was pretty hilarious but i got very acquainted with the concepts and that really kind of kick-started my journey into diving more into leadership because it is so many things it's about emotional connection it's about psychology it's about marketing it's about business it's about people um and and along the way you find yourself and at the end of the day i discovered that it's just a, ultimately service you know so you take all all those things and then you give them to someone else to help them find their why and to move in the direction they want to move in and you know we rise and fall together sort of situation so you're telling me that leadership isn't about yourself i know right what? it's wild it's wild <laughs> what everyone's like so many people are in it for the ego trip i'm telling you man, man. <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> I just wanted to say, like, I really resonated with the, the like, moving around so much and, like, feeling kind of like the other, like, disconnected from, from people. So definitely, I think, like, you found your kind of place at, at Chick-fil-A. And for me, I, it was, I joined a band. But either way, it's like, once you find that, that feeling of, like, oh, my gosh, community and connection, it's like, oh, this is what it's all about. Like, right. it's really cool. So yeah. I'm really glad that I got to hear that part of your story. That's cool. And then like you parlay it into how do I create businesses that foster that community environment and how do we change the way that people see their small businesses in their communities? Because it's not just a place that you go to buy something at. It's a place that not only are supporting, you know, some small business owners dream like myself and their families and whatnot, um, but you're growing the local culture into what you want it to be. And for me, like you guys are kind of involved with Be Caffeinated. I'm trying to change the way that customers interact with businesses. So so I want them to see them as a place that they have ownership in when they come. And to that end, like we're starting programs where you're able to paint your own vessel, be it a mug, be it a candle vessel, cookie jar, whatever, um, to fit your own home decor, your own style or a gift, and then partner with other local businesses to make it reusable and a place that you can go and visit them and immerse yourself in the culture as well. Yeah, so... I am of the mindset. I think I've might've said this on here before, but there's two types of people in the world. There's people that have a negative or positive experience happen to them and they want no one else to have to experience it or they want everyone to have to experience it. And I think it's really powerful when people go through negative experiences or uh, feelings like that. And they say, I don't think this is how people should feel. I'm going to do something about it. Or they say, this was terrible. I shouldn't be the one that has to feel this. And then they become like evil kind of, um, not really, but <laughs> it's your villain yeah, that's the villain story. Story. but yeah. so your origin story is you kind of felt, uh, go, you know, growing up that maybe you didn't have the community that you wanted and then you found it and you said, Oh, this is what I was missing. And I want to make sure that other people have the ability to experience that. And I think that's awesome. Um, and I, like Michael said, I, uh, uh, kind of identify with that too. We moved around a fair amount. It was, I think I lived in, three different cities growing up. Uh, it was Mississippi, Texas, Florida. Um, and when I got to Florida, I was, I was in a small school and half of those people had been in class together since they were in kindergarten. And I was like, wow, I didn't know that was a thing. Right. <laughs> you know, they've literally seen each other almost every day for the last, like what, 15 years of their lives. Um, and I was like, that's crazy. Um, and that's not, you know, possible for everyone because not everyone is there right. the whole time. So um, I agree that finding community where you can is important and not only finding it, but building it and crafting it. And that's huge. Um, and on that thought, so Be The Change Youth Initiative is a nonprofit we work with that you work with as well. Um, and part of their dynamic is creating communities because um, so they're, you know, in the fight for um, against suicide and their, you know, mental health advocacy for students and young people specifically. But uh, apparently what everyone's kind of find, found out is that community is the number one um, solution for um, kind of mental health, uh, I guess, growth or well, how would you say that? Like positive mental health. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Good mental health skills. and Yeah. Yeah. So they, their whole thing that they're trying to do is create these communities for people to check into. So how do you think business is moving forward? Because we're definitely in this like revolution of businesses and then all this will end kind of the origin story. But, uh, you know, you've, you've come into this business, it's yours and you're creating this thing. So how do you see moving forward 
the change in what businesses have in the past and will in the future do with customers and kind of what they're building? Oh, man, you know, I could talk about this for some time. (laughs) Um, So one, I think that when we talk about at least brick and mortar businesses moving forward in the future, they have to be community oriented and experience based. Um, They're not just places that you go and then you pick up something off the shelf and you automate automatic checkout with it, you know, um, or even somebody behind a cashier checks you out like that's a fun place. And that's great. But like, where is that, um, you know, third space concept of being able to come and hang out in the sit around zone? Um, I think that you're also going to have to see a little bit of disconnection happening. Like, yes, there's a time and place for app integration and technology. Don't get me wrong. But like at my business, we don't even have a TV in there, which is wild because people will come and try to sell me TV ads. I'm like, well, we don't even have a TV um, because we just feel like that is a step away from what we're trying to do from the community building aspect. You can watch TV at home and be fed ads all day long. Um, But if you want something, we've got a QR code and you can watch a video and you can opt into that technological experience. But again, and like, you know, there are times that it's going to make your your day better or your experience better. So don't get me wrong about that. Um, so, yeah, like that's a big one. I think you have to have spaces with like eclectic seating or just enough seating where you can encourage people to sit around, hang around, be together. Um, ultimately, we are turning towards a more hospitable environment. I want to see more people. And I think that they are indulging in hospitality. We're not just transactioning services or products, you know, service. We're doing a whole experience here where you're going to be seen, acknowledged, and taken care of while you're here in our space. And I think that's what people are looking for. And if you can't generate that feeling as a business, a small business, a corporation, what have you, that's why a lot of people don't like corporations, right? Because it all just feels so homogenous and gray. Um, So you want to be eclectic, but you also want to be welcoming and you want to see people for who they are and appreciate them for who they are and find those moments to offer that connection. So um, again, more more personal and more people around. So people think that people are being replaced by robots and stuff and they're not like I think people want to be around and they want to connect and I see lots of people who love working in the service industry because of that exact reason and I want to see more people transitioning towards hospitality and you know that sort of thing yeah I'll say we've had an interesting change when we have been interviewing with people as baristas have caffeinated um, it's become almost a majority of people that have experienced the customer service that we provided or kind of seeing how happy people are that work with us and they want to either give that same experience to someone else or be at a spot where people are excited and happy to be at. So there's definitely this shift and, you know, we can talk about the great resignation all you want and all that, but the shift of priorities away from kind of the nameless, ambiguous, androgynous corporate overlord stuff to, Hey, I want to feel good and I want people to care about me and like, see me as a person instead of just a cog in a machine. I think that's really exciting. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, you vote with your dollars. So, you know, think about that whenever you're shopping places. That's why we say we want people to support small businesses. It's not just because we want them to spend their money with us. It's because we want them to support the community culture, to make that connection. And ultimately, when small businesses close, what happens? Corporations, larger businesses come in, they buy them out. And then we get a loss of labor, a loss of quality, a loss of culture. So, I mean, it's just not good. Why would you do it? You know, like vote with your dollars, come visit a small business where we want to take care of you. We want to get to know you. We want to be a part of your generational story from here on out. Yeah, no, I absolutely love that so much. And I think, I think it really is, it's kind of interesting because I think if you look back to a, a simpler time, right. uh, then people were more likely to engage in conversation just anywhere. Uh, like just seeing my dad, for example, the way he interacts with people it's like he's just in line with people and, and starts up conversation. I feel like that used to be a lot more regular than it is now because we have these little shields of like, ah, social anxiety. I don't know if the people around me are cool, so let me look at my phone. And it's kind of like fallen. It's an opportunity that's fallen to business owners that yeah. if you can create that genuine, authentic relationship and be a good experience for people to feel like a human being and feel seen, uh, then, yeah, you can – you can do wonders both for those people, but also it can be a benefit to the bottom dollar of like what you take home, which is really, really cool. Uh, 
So yeah, no, I love that. Love that so much. Super yeah. cool. And I want to hop on that, Michael, and say to you, like, most people still want that connection. They still want to have that community. It just is, like Jessica is saying, it's really difficult to have that when you're in such a homogenized and corporatized space. But small businesses can offer that third space or third place where people can just gather and enjoy each other while also patronizing something that's in their area. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's that's exactly right. Like it, the, the desire for human connection has to go somewhere, mm-hmm. and then if if you just go expecting to have uh, a good time doing pottery or a good time or like get a good cup of coffee, but then you get surprised with with like a real human connection, yeah, that becomes something extra special. Mm-hmm. I think that's also why, like during like the pandemic and stuff, we saw like a really big surge of like social media platforms taking on those like voice chat rooms yeah you could like have like a more human experience because you were alone by yourself or just like stuck with your family the same people every single day which like you love them but like if it's <laughs> every day maybe you want like another um voice or another opinion um so you can just like go in there and actually like talk to people in like a chat room um or like a open like live podcast situation like on twitter spaces and um uh what was that one um that was like clubhouse clubhouse mm-hmm. yeah and clubhouse um which twitter spaces kind of just ate up but and then you see like reddit having stuff like that um and then just other um adaptations of that same process yeah and you see that too in like local communities where there's been such a big surge in supporting local businesses especially because so many local businesses were hit so hard during the pandemic and so speaking of that how do you think you were able to survive that with a business that's so like hands-on and people being there focused that's right yeah i forgot that we were going to talk about this part so the fun part for people who don't know which is most people listening about my business ownership is that i took over on march 1st 2020. So I had been working in the business and managing for several years. This was the time that it was my time to shine. All the paperwork and the plan was in progress. March 1st, 2020, I signed the paperwork over. I have like literally like $5,000 to my name, but I'm ready to do it. Like we have been working for a long time. And then two weeks later, this pandemic hits. And of all the training that I had had in small business, small chain, franchising, there was never a chapter that was like, and during a pandemic, here's what we're going to do. And so while I had a ton of mentorship and support and of course people who got me to where I was everyone ended up in like a hey it's every man for themselves right now like we're all having to make decisions that we've never had to make before and as much as I want to support you there is very little knowledge like experience that I have in this area really to give you good knowledge or feedback plus I got my own things to worry about at the moment so uh, here I am like well one like obviously we had to close like everybody else so we're completely hands on so we did pivot to a to go model which was really fun it was something that was kind of new for our industry as a whole. Um, It's something that I had kind of wanted to get going for a while, but it wasn't for a long time well received, but those of us who wanted to do it just in the pottery community, because we all kind of have to work together as an industry to decide how that looks. And if you can't get everybody on board for something that looks similar, it's just hard to do it. Um, So while there was some to go here and there, it just wasn't a known thing for our industry. So it's been pretty cool. Although, yeah, we all had to trial and error it. Now there's kind of a way that it's known that you can get pottery and take it home or to a park for a date. Um, And I think there are just so many benefits to not having to be in the space, just as many as there are being in the space. Like, of course, I love people being there. But at the same time, if you want to paint in a special location, you want to incorporate that into a date night or something, then now you have an option for that. Of course, during the pandemic, it gave people something to do. So I was getting calls and texts and messages constantly about like, oh, my gosh, we've got an art program that we have to bridge a gap for for our kid. Like, can you help? So we were doing videos and uh, to go projects and written instructions and all that sort of stuff to really start adding value to people, even though we weren't really pulling in the sales that we needed to, to pay people. And so to that end, like, you know, I know all about what it's like being at the bottom of the barrel and doing the full American dream, sleeping on the floor of your business, like (laughs) keeping a full-time job so that I could pay people at the same time, trying to get it up and going. And we came out the other side eventually, but of course it was a long road, um, start to finish from 
everything changed, you know, and people's perception of what their job should look like changed. I think that's something that's not talked about enough in, in the small business world or people who've been managing, particularly before, during, and after a pandemic of that crunch time of when we weren't really doing work in our spaces, but we were still paying people because we had run out of things to do. And then trying to transition back into our full service set was really tough because people had changed what they felt like their job should look like. So we had to have a lot of conversations about what does that look like and how do we change the business going forward so that everyone feels happy about their role here and you know I want my working space to be just as a community community oriented environment as I do for the customers who come so you know overall like it was a learning experience and I'm not happy that a pandemic happened but I will say that I don't have this like great zero to hero story without that pandemic right because the other version of the story is that well I bought the business and everything was great and we just rocked and rolled from there on out and that's a great story for a feel-good Hallmark movie, but this is a better one for like an adventure, an action adventure sort of situation where we're going through a journey and we're really learning a lot about ourselves and the people around us. And in the end, we're just a better person for it. Yeah, a lot, a lot of good uh, conflict makes a good story. Exactly. <laughs> Who would you cast as yourself in your action adventure? Oh movie? my gosh. <laughs> what a, that is an interesting... <laughs> Can I be, can I be myself? I feel like I would do a good job acting. I think I could act as myself. Uh, so. Yeah, do it. Um, either that or like, what's her name? The girl from Mad Men who's like super good looking. <laughs> <laughs> Joan. Yeah, I love that show. So maybe that's telling me too much. Who, who would you cast as like the, like romantic interest actor <laughs> like oh you just at the end of the movie it just happened to like, yeah the guy that plays elvis in the elvis movie that would be yeah i don't really know celebrity names but he's the, he's my celebrity crush at the moment so <laughs> yeah, i would cast him for sure <laughs> well it's it's so impressive that you're able to like innovate during all of that during the pandemic and actually like do something that was so outside of your industry so we've talked a lot about community being a big focus for you and a big thing that's driving you would you say like that's your main superpower and thing that's helping you succeed? Or do you think it's more of that like innovation side or like both of those together? Or what would you say? <laughs> I would say, I mean, yes, those things all work in conjunction, but it kind of happens at a more ground level. My superpower is going to be, I'm a people builder. And so people build into communities, but they have to be individually built up into that. So I start with my staff, right? And so when I bring people on to work with me, they're not just coming to fulfill like the task of the day. They're learning some real world skills while they're there, not just in service and hospitality, but about time management. And I try to make sure that I really understand who they are and what their goals are and how I can help get them there. So we do things like have a whole program book of like, what would you like to learn that you could either can go on your resume or I can get you a raise or you can get a bonus. Um, so my guys learn how to do things like design marketing projects from start to finish, like all the way through execution with spreadsheets and how to read statistics. Um, I'll teach them how to do QuickBooks. I'll teach them how to do Excel if that's just not a, an act you know, a skill that they've been introduced to before. There is no judgment on like where you are and what your learning level is, but I'm happy to build you up. And I think that whenever we give people skills and we invest our time into them, then only do they invest our time back into us as the people who gave them those skills and they recognize that that's the time investment, but they invest into other people because whenever you really start to get people going, like they want to share, like you light one match, it's gonna light all the matches that are connected to it. You just have to light that first match to get going. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. That I wish I'd work there. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> Too so, bad Chris has a hold on you. So. <laughs> you can't have him. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was thinking today about what a great employee Nate was. Honestly, I was like, man, Chris really lucked out. This morning I was drinking coffee. And I was like, Nate is such a great fit for that with his experience and what he wants to do, his community values, and like you should never let go of him. <laughs> Well, thank you. That's that's so flattering. It's up to him if I have to let go of him. <laughs> All right. Whenever you're ready to run for mayor, we'll let go of you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, so how do you think like all those good feelings and that like training and everything, how does that transfer to the customer experience, do you think? Yeah, totally. Well, one, I mean, my employees, when they feel like they're being invested in and that they're appreciated and seen in the space, then they are happier when they come to work. They're more inclined to be in that bubbly, fun mood. Um, for us, the job is fun. And we talk a lot about that because obviously, just like everyone who owns or runs or works in a business, there are things that kind of grind your gears that people say. And we have to remind ourselves that like we're painting pottery. We're not solving 
fighting cancer. It's not rocket science. Like we're making memories for people. We're having a good time. So even if it's one of those days where someone is like, well, it must be fun to paint pottery all day. Like that's the thing that grinds everyone's gears that gets said. It's just like, well, uh, if we're making it look that easy, then we must be doing something right. You know, I mean, I wish that it was just paint pottery all day, but the fact that customers see that tells me that we're creating that welcoming and inclusive environment where you feel like we're just here to have fun. And that's what we're facilitating for you is that space for fun and community and connection. And then we do invest directly into our customers to um, really create the community for our space. So now we're talking more on like the macro, like my space, my community and my area, which or in my store, which is going to be um, the pottery painting and creative experience. We have a bunch of techniques is what they're called in the industry. So ways that you can paint things. And something that separates my business apart from a lot of other ones is how much time we've invested in those techniques. So not only do we have a wall that displays what they might look like on a large plate or smaller sample size or both kind of thing. We also have like a just crazy large collection of tools, stamps, stencils, silt screens, all kinds of things that you can use so that when you come in, you basically learn how to do something different every time. And the people who work with me, they want to teach you how to do that. So they want you to be successful. So they want to teach you how to paint with lace or how to paint with bubbles so that whenever you come back, you can combine those two things together or you can try something new. And over time, it gets them to you know invest in, the customers are investing in their learning experience and in the space as well, because they're coming back and investing time and they're getting something great out of it. And my employees are doing a great job investing into the um, customers so that they want to do that and they want to keep coming back and bringing more people. And that's how the community starts to grow because then we do birthday parties or a team building event. And so instead of it just being our date night activity, they've brought more people with them and they're like, wow, this is a lot of fun. We should all do this together. Let's take it to the HR guy and see if we can do that. And then we have a giant team building thing. Um, and so we're connecting more communities together through arts, which is part of where my uh, connection with B the change is, is we're, we're all about advocacy, but we're all about just showing people that not only is art great for mental health, but it can be a real career path as well in a community builder. <laughs> so you also alluded earlier to like the idea of like the generational aspect of that too, where people just keep coming back and back and back. Do you want to talk more on that? You know, I want to talk more about that because the generational thing is like my favorite part about all of this. And this is what really connected me in from the community standpoint. Um, so pottery painting, it starts like this is a story that I like to tell. So it starts where you come in on your first date and it's a great time. And I literally know people who this is their exact story with my exact shop where they come on their first date. They have a great time. Well, next thing you know, they're coming on a date. Well, after this date, they go on a walk by the river and they get engaged. Well, then they come back and they paint stuff for their bachelorette party. And they had a great time doing that. And they're sharing their memories with their bachelorette friends. And then they use their mugs at their bachelorette party in the day of the event. Well, then they get pregnant and they come back and they bring the baby with them. And we get to do footprints and handprints. And we learn all about how fun the wedding was and everyone tells me all the great stories and then I get to see the baby over the next couple of months six months the holidays come we get to do that first painting the first bumpkin print the first feet prints at Christmas time and so that whole first year comes by well then we're doing milestones next thing you know um, the kiddos are getting older they're coming to art camps well then they're getting a little bit older than that they're bringing their first dates around and uh, grandparents are coming by and we're just next thing you know all the family has been involved at some point or another um, one of my favorite little kiddos, he's been coming since he was seven months old. And every year for Christmas, he paints his grandmother a place setting. And so it's a plate, a bowl, and a mug. And he has always painted it himself, even since he was seven, when he was just <laughs> wagging a brush around. And now he is seven years old. So it's been quite so many years. I met his grandmother for the first time this past year. So she came in over the summer with her grandson and she goes, I have all of these plates. It's my favorite thing that I get every year, watching him grow, watching him get better at it, his handprint growing, etc. We use them at the table. It's so fun. Um, I just had to come here whenever we came. He wanted to show me the place. I wanted to meet the people who make it happen. And so like, of course we painted some stuff. And the thing is, is this little boy is just getting so good at being creative because he's always had the space to do that. And so he's putting colors together. He's really focused on the project. Um, and he has kind of that next level skill set. And then Christmas comes around, he comes back and he paints his plates for the year and they look even better than they did the year before. And then they go to grandma and she sends me a picture and we all just get to be involved together. And that's what it's all about is just being together, being involved and in part of each other's stories. That is so amazing. And I really, it really felt like you took me on a journey. Thank you. Like it was like, uh, <laughs> Not in the sad way that Up is. Like, <laughs> the movie Up, like, that opening sequence is so beautiful. It's like the beautiful parts of that we get to see over and over again. Like, yeah. that's really, really cool. 
Nice. So we went through your origin story. We went through your superpowers, and now we're getting to your kryptonite. Dun, dun, dun. So <laughs> with that being said, what is your kryptonite? Um, and to play off that, what drains you whenever you're doing it or you're around it? Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to start with a drains me thing, and then we'll go back to kryptonite. Because what really drains me is people who do not have an abundance or a positive mindset. Um, because, like, honestly, it really is to a large extent a choice for the way that we choose to approach the day and situations. And for me, I can always find like a way to make it fun, even if I'm off in the floors. A way to be positive about it. And I want to have people around me who also want to be positive see that there is abundance in the world. And that includes the business owners that I work with and people that I do like personal consulting with. Like there is enough room in this world for all of us to do all of the things and to help each other. And I really believe that. And so it is so draining for me to be around people who are either just all around, all about themselves personally or just constantly negative or like, well, I don't want to partner with you because you've partnered with someone that does a similar but adjacent thing to what I do, you know? And I'm just like, all right, well, I got your number, pal. If you don't want to help everybody grow then you do you you can be an island if you want to be an island you know but I want to be part of a community and so that's how we you know it all comes back to it that's how we're going to be part of communities um so my kryptonite <laughs> I also hate people who are not on time so like punctuality <laughs> that's just, oh, no. <laughs> our point of contention has come up <laughs> um yeah I mean obviously wait wait just just so you guys know <laughs> I was late today, <laughs> but in our defense, she was like 10 minutes early. <laughs> Are you not on time if you're not seven to 10 minutes, early? but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Just giving you guys a hard time uh, while I solve for time myself. So there's that, um, you know, for a long time I was change resistant, but that's just not true anymore. Um, I think that a lot of the things that were barriers for me for the majority of my managerial then to entrepreneurial uh, career, I have started to break down, if not have broken down completely. Um, I, you know, right now, the thing that I hate the most more than anything is like accounting and paperwork and like that stuff feels like my kryptonite because mm. I don't feel like I'm spending my time where I want to or being my best self whenever I'm doing it. And like, yeah, everyone's going to tell me to hire somebody and like that's fine and dandy. You can hire people to do things. But I'm also kind of a believer that like not all the things that we do, we're going to like doing, but it's just the better choice for us to do it. So anytime that I cannot be doing like office work is definitely my jam, but that ends up piling up on me. So even though I'm so good at time management, that is something that I'll always kind of procrastinate on a little bit for myself. So for sure, for sure. Um, so next up on this kryptonite section is where do you think you could improve the most? Hmm. Let's see. Well, right now I could really be spending some more time with my people directly. Um, I see them all the time, but our weekly meetings have kind of dwindled into more like, you know, conversations whenever I see them instead of really dedicated times. So I think that I could improve by readjusting that and making sure that like we're dedicating that time, even if it means scheduling it outside of the time that we're normally going to be places. Um, let's see, other things I can do to improve. I mean, delegation is always a thing. So I could hire somebody to do things <laughs> that I don't want to do. Um, but I'm probably not gonna do that because I'm hard headed. So, <laughs> so maybe be less hard headed. Yeah, like, maybe. On that. yeah so that's the thing I should work on, actually. <laughs> so letting go a little bit, you know. <laughs> so in the, um, I'm just going to step back because I forgot to ask this. Yeah. We can probably just edit it in the same section. But you said you were resistant to change before and now you're more open to it. Yeah. What is there anything like specifically that changed that? Um, I wouldn't say anything specific, but I will say the pandemic was really a catalyst for having to change um, because I've always been a data oriented person. So when I say resistant to change, it's not that I'm opposed to change. Like I'm all about change if you can prove to me why we should be making the change. But change for change's sake is never really just my jam. And I feel like a lot of business owners and managers and whatnot get kind of caught up in that, like uh, what I need to do is change something and that will solve all my problems without really thinking through what those steps look like or what the um, success end would look like at the end of the day. It's like uh, uh, 
couple that's having marital issues and they decide to have a kid to save the marriage. Right. Like it's, that's not what you need. You need to focus on the root issues of what's really going on. So then I will say that when the pandemic came, like not only did we have to change our business model, which forced a huge level of change in general, but at the same time we had to be open to doing things in short bursts, which was never really a thing that I like to do. If you're going to start something, do it for a long time. But during the pandemic, we kind of had to be like, you know what? We don't offer clay as a walk-in thing, but because we have so many kids who need to bridge gaps for art programs, like let's get some clay here and make some little clay kits. And we had a whole clay part on our website, but we only did that for the pandemic. And then we pulled it back because that's not our business model. It's not the thing that we do, but I was more than willing to one, try it and two, do what I had to, to offer something of value to the community. Um, And so going forward, I think that really has helped me plus all the research and whatnot that I've done. But I think that just those trying and realizing that like people aren't going to be mad when you do something new and then take it back as long as it's not like happening all day every day where there's no consistency and do you think uh communication with the customers is important there like being transparent about what you're doing Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's something to be said, too, about training your customers. And so that's what I like to use our social media for. And maybe that makes me unpopular in some realms of social media because it's not just like fun content. But I think for our industry, it's the thing that makes sense where we can give you that value by having tutorials and how to's. And yeah, there's some behind the scenes stuff, but like the real value in there is going to come to the like the information that you can learn and being able to train the customers and saying like, hey, guys, this is the thing that we're doing. And here's how it works, you know, or whatever I did, the Be Caffeinated mug, like, why should you join the mug club? And here's three reasons why. So, and like, here's how you're going to get into the mug club and what you're going to do. And that solves a lot of the questions because people know, like, they can see it. They see the video. It's easy to understand. They're like, great, these, this is how it works. And we do have some things that we have QR codes linked to videos that say those exact informations. And uh, something that, like, my staff wants to work on for this year is really dialing more into that so that customers have um, similar access to the training that I do with them. So at the last staff meeting where we were trying to set direction for the year, they said, you know, what we'd really love to see is you do a training video where you say it the way that you say it with your energy and do all the mixing and stuff and have a QR code that we can play that exact video where you show the demonstration and like really get the good words and out there. And I'm like, you know what? I think that's a great idea because yes, we do a great job at getting to the tables and working with people, but at the same time, we have 80 seats in our studio. So you can't talk to every single person the entire time, even if we're at a full staff. So that's where technology comes into play and we're bridging the um, gaps. And again, we're adding that like training aspect into it. And then once people know how it works, they're willing to come back and, you know, now they know that they can ask questions is the other thing. So I like that part too. I think a lot of customers don't think that they can ask questions because they think that the people who are there don't really want to be there or don't really want to help them. (laughs) It's like at the beginning of Disney World rides where you have the the TV screen and like Kronk from Emperor's New Groove is like the flight attendant and he's like this is what you're gonna do and this is how you see you know fasten your seatbelt and then he makes a funny joke and yeah like it's, it's part of the experience and <laughs> right. everyone shares it you know exactly so you should get Kronk like from Emperor's New Groove to do it okay <laughs> <laughs> um all right. So, thank you for that. Um, I do love Inspiration Group. It's like yeah, one of my favorite Disney <laughs> So if you were to go all the way back to wherever you first started your business, yeah, but you know what you do right now, what would you do different, if anything? Hmm. That's a tough question because of my starting being a transition of ownership. Um, I do have a lot of experience with starting businesses start to finish and like local chains, um, growing independent businesses and whatnot. And so I think the thing that I would tell my younger self is like, girl, like you need to be reading all day, every day. Like there's so much information, you could never have enough of it. Um, And learning the way that people communicate to each other, people's learning styles, like that's gonna help you show up better for them. And so I think that's probably the number one thing that I am most proud of investing my time into is that emotional intelligence. And so, yes, we have a training program, but when people come on to work with us, you know, I say, this is our training program, but it does happen and there's an audio version there's a visual version, there's a textual version, you know, like I've got it all here. You tell me what your learning style is and I will adjust and tweak to you so that we can learn the information. And that's something that my staff appreciates because they can come to me and say like, hey, this is an issue that I'm having. And like, how do I communicate?
communicate this with a customer or this is an issue that I had or this is uh, some information I'm trying to get across. Like, how do I step into that energy, you know, that you have? And so I can help them with that. Because if you've never been taught how to do it, it's hard. Um, and that's what leaders are here for. Like, we're here to facilitate people's success. We want them to be happy and successful. And that's how we're going to facilitate it. Yeah, 100%. I feel like that's a that's a kind of a common thing in terms of, I think, early entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs tend to be like, what skills and like technical specific information am I lacking? But the more I talk to more mature business owners, uh, it, it often comes back to that like higher level, like mental models, managing your emotions uh, and, and communication. Like if we really lean on those things, like I hear that time and time again, as the more I look into books and talk to people. And yeah, so that's really, really cool. Well, the technical technical stuff changes, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's the thing. The emotional intelligence compounds on itself, but the technical stuff in your industry changes all the time. Like for example, for us, I do my own kiln maintenance. For the world's longest time, the kilns were all relatively simple machines. Well, now they have uh, LED screens that you can put on them instead. And so that is a change in technology. Like I can learn how to do that by reading instructions or taking a class or a course. Um, I can't really compound 15 years worth of emotional intelligence learning just by going to a one-off course, you know? <laughs> yeah, 100%. That is a, a wonderful point. Um, so that kind of brings me even uh, as you're kind of, we talked so much about what you have gone through and kind of where you're at now. Um, so I'm really curious to hear, like, what is your plan kind of moving forward? What are you looking towards on horizon where are we going? Where are we yeah, going? Yeah, where are we going? To be president. Um, <laughs> I know, it's a hard aim. Um, no, but I do have a kind of plan and vision for Chattanooga specifically. Um, I want to continue to be involved in the community and culture building of the area. And more specifically, I want to help drive the tourism and hospitality movement that we are currently in and growing slash working towards. Um, I know everyone in this room is aware that the city has been on quite the journey since the 90s. And we're having our little comeback tale right now. And I want to be a part of that journey for sure. I um, want to see more small businesses in the area. I don't want to see any of them of the ones that we do have closed. I want to see more of them open up. I want to see more things that people want in the community to come to the community. And so, um, you know, obviously we're going to keep on with our pottery place and I'm going to keep on with some small business consulting and helping growing people and then be wherever I need to be in terms of where there are needs in the community to help serve that. Um, ultimately, I think I'd love to get more involved in like a hospitality management company sort of situation to help offer some more resources to the people in the area who are going to be driving that growth because something that I've seen over time, like I come from areas that are all about tourism and hospitality and what we're lacking is those real professional groups where you get together and you get training and you learn how to talk to people and manage processes, grow, innovate. And it's good to just be in the same room with people who are doing a similar thing to what you're doing and who are driving a larger goal. I think everyone in Chattanooga wants the people who do come to visit to have a great time while they're here to not be intrusive, of course, of our local culture, but to appreciate it. Um, and for us to do that, we've got to be willing to meet them halfway and offer them that true Southern hospitality that we're known and famous for. That's awesome. Um, so for anyone that, that loved everything you've said and they want to find more about you, where can they find you? Um, well, you can find us on all the social medias as far as the Pottery Place goes. So Pottery Place Chattanooga, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Um, I'm on there as well. You can message me directly. I'm on LinkedIn, Jessica Cowan. I should probably be other places, but I don't do a ton of time investing in my personal brand. I'm just so busy investing in other people. My personal brand tends to lack, but you can talk to me. Um, we can talk about business stuff. I can get you where you want to go and it'll be a fun time. Awesome. That's beautiful. All right. So I got one more kind of bigger question and then we're going to move into like a rapid fire round. Love it. So uh, this question is like, if people could only know like one thing about you, like what is the thing you would most want people to know about you? I genuinely want everyone to be happy and successful. And so that means that I am genuinely a kind and non-judgmental person. So whenever I meet people, I want them to feel like they are seen, heard, and accepted. And if I can just continue to facilitate that vibe everywhere that I go, I will be a very happy person in life. Awesome. That's a beautiful answer. And I love that so much. 
Before we do, do the rapid round, I actually have my own question for Jessica really quick. So mm-hmm. you talked a lot about like wanting to help local people here have more stuff that they're looking for in Chattanooga. What's something you're looking for in Chattanooga that you think that we don't have yet? Uh, more arcades. Okay. Um, we need arcades and frozen yogurt shops and bagels. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I do think that we need more environments, again, where it's not necessarily transactional from a consumer standpoint, but we're there to have a good time together and to facilitate. So I'd love to see some more like old school arcades, things that are family oriented and family friendly. I love that we have such an eclectic and, um, you know, ultimately... What's the word that I'm looking for here? Inclusive culture, um, as far as like families, young adults, and demographics go around here. But I do see a trend on having everything be connected to a bar um, or have some sort of like sip aspect to it, which look, I'm a BYOB place myself, like I'm all for it. But at the same time, I want to see more places where it's all about getting together and not that part is, you know, a bonus if it's there, but it's not really the focus of the particular business. So again, like I'd also like to see like another self-serve frozen yogurt shop come to town, especially in like the North Shore area. Mm. I don't know. Somebody like me might have all the access to <laughs> to the tools to make that happen if only more people wanted a yogurt shop in the area so maybe there should be like a poll or something on that i don't know <laughs> have you guys been to the the newer arcade in eastridge no yeah it's wild what's it Nath- called um, oh what's it called level up level up i've yeah. heard of that yeah I need it's to wild go. yeah <laughs> it's um nathan and i went it was interesting yeah, yeah. not what i expected but yeah, okay we'll have to talk <laughs> about that later because i, I heard it. it's uh <laughs> pretty party yeah which we i think that plays directly in what you're saying though of like there's a very much like an appeal towards that like party like i don't know i almost see like chanduk having like a nashville fine going on a little bit right. where things are almost catered towards that that towards that like you know the woo girl we're here to party and celebrate your bridal shower or whatever i don't know <laughs> they just show up and party kind of aspect towards our tourism but uh, yeah I, I don't think that's a good fit for us because most people who come here they're families or they're outdoors enthusiasts and they want to do stuff like that woo family right. i want to go on a hike yeah well and that's the thing like if we want people to <laughs> indulge in and share our culture then we have to create a culture worth indulging in and sharing and not one that is consumer driven and driven <laughs> to bring all this party and stuff in which again there's time and places for all of that stuff but we live here all the time right so we want to live in a community that's eclectic and supports artists and small business owners and where we know each other and that we're excited to see each other be just thriving to be like uh tourism supplemental not tourism dependent yes exactly yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. i think it's hard if you completely depend on tourism i I lived in pensacola uh, for a while and half of pensacola is like pensacola beach and in the non-beach times it was completely dead and nothing happened but during the warmer months it was completely crazy and it would take an hour sometimes to go across the three mile bridge um and that's a weird dynamic for both people that live there and business owners so it's i think it's better to have tourists kind of be a nice icing on top not the right the meat mm-hmm. and your meatloaf cake <laughs> icing on the meat <laughs> <laughs> all right those are some good metaphors and based on on that note uh we'll move into our rapid fire round um so jessica gear up mm-hmm. are you ready i sure am okay here we are what's your favorite book business and non-business all right my favorite book business wise is grit by angela duckworth um that's a really good one about what grit is how to get more grit and all about just keeping yourself driven over time and the psychology behind it um my favorite book personally right now is reality plus and it's about like the ethics of 3d worlds and what it's very philosophical as to yeah so that's it that's fun yeah (laughs) let's dig into uh Ready Player One, and is, she, is it ethical or not? Yeah, yeah simulation um, theory, etc. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what was your biggest influence growing up, and why? Um, pass. <laughs> Fair. Uh, what's your favorite restaurant in Chattanooga? Sushi Nabe. What's your go-to coffee drink? Um, honeybee with lavender. Who is your favorite superhero? I don't. Um, Batman, but I'm more inclined to say a super villain, the Riddler. Ooh, nice. Um, this one's not on the list, but uh, 
why do you like cow print so much? <laughs> or where did that come from? Oh, so you guys want to know the cow print origin story. Well, like, one, yeah, you know my last Can one. you show your phone to the camera? Yeah, so here's my cow print camera today. Or for, all, for all listeners, <laughs> it's a it's cow print. Yes, cow print. <laughs> um, so one, like, my last name is Cowan. Um, two, I am actually adopted. So I was adopted into that name. And my grandparents grew up, um, they're from Texas. And so they actually, like, raise cattle and whatnot. So I spent a little bit of time around cattle kind of growing up. And, uh, you know, the Texas vibe is also the cow print dealio. So all of that's kind of parlayed into it as a way to stay connected to my Texan roots and to kind of bring a little bit of humor to my last name. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Um, what is your favorite song? My favorite song is House of the Rising Sun by the Animals. Ooh, great one. Uh, favorite band? Mm, Pierce the Veil. Nice. Uh, if you could meet anyone alive today, who would it be? Big Sean. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> that, that did surprise me. She said before we started rolling, it was going to surprise us. Um, what is your favorite thing to make? Uh, like art-wise? Open-ended. Yeah, I mean, want. actually, I like to cook, so that might be surprising to people. So my preferred thing is to cook, and I like to cook a dinner. Um, anything Southern or I do like a Southern Asian fusion situation. Oh, nice. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, do more on that. Do more on the southern. <laughs> tell tell me yeah, a southern, southern, southern Asian. Okay, uh, so I do like a honey sriracha Brussels sprout with a okay. miso soup and some stir fried vegetables, but they have more of like a Cajun twang to them, and then little rice balls. <laughs> That's what I wanted. Yeah, nice. now I'm hungry. <laughs> All right, uh, last one on the list, unless anyone else throws a, a, a curveball at you. Uh, Harry Potter, Star Wars, or Lord of the Rings? You know, I was a Harry Potter girl all the way, but really, like, Lord of the Rings is, my, is where I resonate as far as, like, the journey, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, I do love Harry Potter. I've read all the books, seen all the movies. I was at all the book premieres growing up at midnight and whatnot, so I nice. think I would choose Harry Potter over the, over the two. Cool, yeah, that is a hard question. Yeah, it is a yeah. tough one. Uh, what's your why? My why? Um... Well, rapidly. Community. I'm just kidding. Take your time. <laughs> <laughs> and like described in one word, community. Um, really, like I am driven by the success of others, and so that is my probably top quality as a leader and most misunderstood quality about everyone else that I ever meet. Um, because that is what I want is I want people to be successful. So my why is community building and people building. <laughs> I would honestly argue that community is a consequence of your why. Oh, what do you think my why is? No, I'm saying oh, okay. if your why is helping or building oh, people yeah. up to become successful, I think community is just what yeah. happens after you do that. I agree with that because I mean, at the end of the day, everyone is waiting for someone to take a chance on them. And we all mm. need someone that sees that in us, helps fan the flames a little bit, gives us opportunities where they can. Like, no, no one's going to hand you the world. But I'm sure we all have stories of somebody who at a pivotal moment gave us a thing that really helped move us forward in life. So I want to be that person for other people. And I think that's why the hero's journey dynamic is so attractive to people is, I mean, the whole Lord of the Rings, I have this powerful ring that was given to me and I'm just this average guy with huge feet, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, I agree. And I think we've talked about this before, but the opportunity gap kind of dynamic is uh, something that is integral to my why. And it sounds like it's yours too. And I'm uh, just, yeah, giving people the chance to do what they want to do and it not hold them back just because of, you know, who they happen to be born to or surrounded with or whatever. So yeah, the inconsequential things are the things that you just have no control over. But again, there are so many talented people out there that just need to be around and connected to the right people. And let's do that. You know, they need their match to be lit. <laughs> they need their match yeah. to be lit. You're right. All right. Cool. Do you have any final thoughts for us? No, I think this was a really fun and productive conversation. I agree. Well, that's been this episode of Startup Heroes with Jessica with The Pottery Place. Thanks for being on here today, yeah, Jessica. Thanks for having me, guys. Yep. We'll see you next time. And uh, make sure you're following all the stuff with the things and the, the doodads, you know. Um, but thanks for listening. This is Chris and the team at HiveThink. And uh, we have some seminars rolling out in the next couple of months in Chattanooga about leadership. So uh, check out our website.